Welcome to Energy Matters, where we explore alternative health in the Pioneer Valley. I'm your host, Caroline Rutterman, and I'm a Reiki professional and intuitive in Northampton, Massachusetts. For the past nine years, I've been teaching people how to use their intuition and helping them reduce stress and anxiety. Together, we'll talk with other practitioners and learn how they bring health and healing to the Pioneer Valley. Let's do this. Hey, welcome, welcome, everyone. You are listening to Energy Matters, and I am your host, Caroline Rutterman, and we have a great show for you today. Uh, we are here chatting with Willie Crosby of Fungi Ally. So welcome, Willie. Thank you so much, Caroline. It's, it's awesome to be here. Yes. Um, so Willie, tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do in the Pioneer Valley. Um, well, I came to the Pioneer Valley, I think one of the avenues that's like common here is for for college uh, i went to umass amherst and was studying turf grass management and somehow got like hooked into farming and mm. was like oh my god growing food and working with the land in in this way is amazing um so i started growing vegetables and then back in 2014 uh, i started growing mushrooms and started my own business called fungi ally uh, growing mushrooms, selling mushrooms. We started, you know, at the farmers markets, and then selling at the co-op and some of the distributors around and restaurants. Um, and that's what I was doing for four or five years, and then kind of switched my focus to online sales, uh, selling grow kits, selling spawn, doing a lot more education, really uh, enabling kind of a broader base of people to grow mushrooms and to step into relationship with uh, mushrooms. So that's a lot of what I do now is get people excited about mushrooms, learn about mushrooms, and um, try to get them wondering what these magical beings are. They are really magical beings. They totally are. And I, it's interesting because I, I feel like um, I've seen I've seen you in your business at various stages of growth, you know, yeah. much like the mushroom itself. Yeah. Um, but uh, most recently, I saw you at the um, the Hungry Ghost uh, plant talks, and it was uh, last weekend or the weekend before, a couple yeah. recently. Yeah. And um, and you had like just a really nice presentation about all these different mushrooms that people can forage and grow, and people. It was like People are excited about mushrooms. Yeah, it's amazing how it just continues to grow as well. One of the things that really attracted me back in 2014 was I was like, oh, these things are so cool. Where do I go to learn about them? And there wasn't really anyone. There weren't a lot of mushroom farms. There weren't a lot of like education things going on. There weren't like people weren't talking about mushrooms the way they are now. Um, so it's been really cool to watch that mature. And now seven years later, it's like mushrooms are so hot and they're being used in so many different ways. And, and coffee substitutes yeah. or like kind of blending. Yeah, all all kinds of stuff. Yeah, in, in like fashion and leather substitute and all. Yeah, it's like beyond just food. Yeah. Yeah, you were wearing like a, at during the plant talk, you were you had a... a f- Fungi leather hat. It wasn't like cow yeah. leather. It was like made of. I don't even know what it was. Like, what was that? It was. You were wearing it on yes. your head. Yes. 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 <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, that was a hat made out of amadou, which is a mushroom. Um, 
Likely it came from Transylvania. That's where a lot of those hats are made now because they have huge um, mushrooms of of this species. We have it here in the Pioneer Valley, but they're just much smaller. Mm. Um, And the mushrooms processed in a way that it becomes like this felted leather. Uh, and then they make beautiful hats out of it and kind of make cool ornamentation on the hats. And, That's so cool. Um, yeah, they're, they're really fun. And it's interesting to see who notices. Like there's certain people that are like, that's a mushroom hat. Yeah. And I was like, oh, you're cool. I want to hang out with yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> they have the insider scoop. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, they're not just casual mushroom hobbyists yeah. there. <laughs> yeah, they know. They know. Why do you think... Why do you think that mushrooms gained so much popularity? Like, why now? Mm. Why mushrooms? Mm. Like, do you think they're coming in in a spiritual way? Like, what is it that really started, um, like, integrating mushrooms with, like, pop culture? I mean, I don't know if it's just in the Pioneer Valley, if it's, like... I mean, that documentary on Netflix just Mm -hmm. came out, you know? Fantastic fungi. Yeah, which is just, like awe-inspiring beauty um but why why now like why mushrooms and why now yeah that is such a good question i would i would love to like um hang out for an hour and just like riff on this one and just bounce it back and forth um yeah why now i think there's just this really interesting intersection of people um wanting to like grow things and becoming more involved with growing and interested in growing at home and mushrooms capacity to do that uh, like easily indoors in kind of any space Um, and also this like uh, for for some reason and maybe part of it's just the the like growing accessibility of being able to cultivate mushrooms Um, there's just a way broader uh, like scope of application you know we've gone past back in the 80s there wasn't even there was one mushroom that was cultivated basically what mushroom was that the button button mushroom oh yeah so button portobello and cremini are all one species of mushroom agaricus bisporus and specialty mushrooms wasn't a thing then you know, and slowly shiitakes got introduced from Japan and China and then oysters. And it was like, whoa, those were really far out there gourmets, you know, through probably the 2000s. And then, you know, we started getting lion's mane and chestnuts and all these other culinary things, um, which I think kind of came in with a lot like smaller growers you know just just that kind of riding the back of the uh local farm movement and and advancements in how you can grow mushrooms at home so it feels like that um opened up and then there's like more people were growing and getting familiar with how to grow them and they're like wait we can use these mushrooms in um as a leather substitute or as a packaging substitute or in microremediation or oh my gosh what about medicinal mushrooms and so kind of that, yeah, it's so so interesting, this like mycophilic, uh, like a love for mushrooms. Somehow that portal like has opened up over the last 10 years, whereas before we were very 
Michaelphobic, a lot of fear and like so much fear. Oh my God, what's that? Don't touch it. Don't yeah. you know? <laughs> Especially like New England. If you go to these some of these n- old New England cemeteries, you'll like you'll see like died from toadstools, like and <laughs> gra- like you like really like some of these like old ones, and it's like it's a warning, you uh-huh. know? It's like uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, don't be like him. Yeah, yeah. Don't don't just eat things from the forest. Yeah. You know, like don't yeah. eat things that might be unsafe. Like it kind of, you know, it's like all the old like fairy tales about like, you know, like a girl wandering into the forest and like, you know, meeting the big bad wolf and all that kind of like, you know, I mean, I, I know those fairy tales have European traditions, but like they still kind of, you know, they curtail children's behaviors and how we kind yeah. of uh, make sure that we stay within the boundaries of you know what it means to be like uh you know it's kind of like that blend of superstition and you know religion and containment mm-hmm. of our behaviors mm-hmm. totally yeah and it's like mushrooms just are so like they're mysterious they grow in the dark yeah very mysterious very mysterious very um yeah i was thinking on my way here one of the things that they've really taught me is like uh patience and persistence and there's something about the, 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 there's such a different thing to cultivate. And uh, it really takes time and, and paying attention to really learn what they want and how they grow and what they're looking for. And there's, there's some of that uh, slowly unlocking the mystery or building a relationship, you know. But every time that I um, like inoculate logs, with shiitakes what does that mean inoculate logs with shiitakes um so you take my shiitake mycelium um, the mycelium of the mushroom and you break it up and it's in sawdust and then you put you drill holes in the log and you put little you know a small amount of of the mycelium into each hole and wax over it and each time i do this i've done this you know every year since 2014 now and each year I'm like, this, I, I think I'm insane. I think I'm, in, th- there's no way this is going to work. You yeah. know, it's like, what is going, I'm putting sawdust into a log. What's, yeah. <laughs> what's happening? Um, and every year they're all, you know, a year later, wow, there's mushrooms. And it's mm. like, whoa, what happened? This is incredible. Mm. Yeah. Just letting, letting all the, letting all the mystery of, of them just do what they want to do. Yeah. That's yeah. so cool. What a fun process to, you know, like hope and wait and just see what happens. Yeah, it's a great process and it's um, it's easy to do at home. You know, that's one thing that I'm, I encourage everyone to look into and to try is having shiitake mushrooms just in their backyard because it's in the shade. You put them in the shade in a place where you're probably not growing anything else. And it's something you can do in like early April, mid-April when everyone's like, I want a garden, I want to get outside, but you, it's just like it's not, not time. time. Yet. Yeah, yeah, it's not time yet. And so it's this nice like, okay, cool, I can, you know, uh, go and inoculate shiitakes. And, um, and then there's this, it, you do it once, and then for four or five years, you're, the logs are producing mushrooms. So it's like this very long uh, reaping of, of benefits. That's really cool. Do you have a preference of um, whether it's taste or um, just for pleasure? Do you have a preference of whether you like to grow indoor mushrooms or outdoor mushrooms? 
Um, I prefer outdoor mushrooms that are fruiting right about now, like over the next month, as long as they don't get really wet. Um, and then again in like April, May, the, those are absolutely the highest quality mushrooms that I've ever had is, and it's not really dependent on what, what they're growing on, but something about the outdoors with the temperatures going up and down and humidity levels going up and down, they make this amazing mushroom. Um, in Japan, they're called Donko. It's like a great, there they grade their shiitakes. So it's not just like one shiitake. There's like seven or eight different grades of shiitakes. Cool. And um, Donko is like the highest grade. And it's when the caps start getting um, cracks in them and they're ridged. And um, in Asia, a lot of what they do is they grow outdoors and then dry and and ship the mushrooms to cities dried. Um, so it's, it's uh, definitely this time of year is when the mushroom quality is just so good outdoors. Yes, that sounds awesome. Um, and so if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Energy Matters, and we are here chatting with Willie Crosby, who is the founder of Fungi Ally, and he's also a teacher and a grower. Um, and so um, in a moment, we're going to take a break. Um, let me see, actually. Um, and oh, well, let me before we kind of shift gears a little bit. Do you what are the advantages of growing indoors? Like what is what does that setup look like? But also what is, um, you know, if we know that we can do um, the log inoculation outside or kind of yeah. use the sawdust, um, what is the like an indoor setup for people? Well, it can be as easy as like a grow kit on your kitchen counter. You know, it doesn't have to be anything elaborate. Um, there's a lot of different ways to grow mushrooms and fruiting inside just typically means making sure there's enough humidity. Um, if you're doing it on a, a small scale, uh, that's the biggest thing to worry about. So you can put some like plastic around it or those um, like storage containers that a lot of people have, like those 18 gallon, maybe like foot high, a couple feet wide. Um, those are great to put, you know, grow kits or little things in uh, to keep the humidity up. Okay. Um, I could imagine that being a little tricky in like a New England winter when the air is just like dry. Yeah, indoors in the midwinter is the, the toughest time because you're heating and everything's super dry. Um, yeah, but the other three seasons, it's pretty pretty easy to do. And this is the, the best because then you get to like cut the mushrooms off and have them for dinner right there. Right. Yeah, know. they're like, they're growing. Yeah, you're like, okay, I'm going to have, you know, these shiitakes right now. Yes. Perfect. Oh, I love that. I love that. Um, so, so we were just talking a little bit on the break about how, um, some of the other kind of ideas that you had around like why mushrooms and why now, um, do you want to, if you feel comfortable sharing a little bit with the listeners, what you kind of think about how, how mushrooms kind of fit in with our consciousness? Yeah. Well, what, one of the interesting things right now is, so, uh, psilocybe psychedelic mushrooms was introduced into the united states in the 1950s and that's um, what we would say like shrooms or magic mushrooms yeah. or like psilocybin yes okay yes all those right and that's it's a genus uh psilocybe that contains the compound psilocybin gotcha right and you know before the 1950s no one really knew about about them in the united states and then um Someone went down to Mexico, did a, 
um, uh, ceremony with a uh, Kunandera down there, and it was in Life magazine. Was that the Maria Sabina, like Beatles kind of generation of them going and doing that exploration? Yeah, Maria Sabina was the woman who um, kind of became popularized and and also victimized, depending on which side you were on. Um, there's a lot of people in Mexico that didn't approve of her doing what she did or maybe like what happened with it. Um, like how, how Westerners held what they received. Um, because they were going down doing these like psychedelic journeys in the mountains of like Oaxaca in Mexico. And then, uh, I don't know if it was in Oaxaca. Yeah, it was in Oaxaca. Okay. And then, um, basically it became big it became part of pop culture yeah and it was the f- i guess it was the first time where th- like she was a little bit confused because she was like i the way that this has been passed down to me because she learned from her grandparents right and her grandparents learned from their parents or their grandparents and there's all these songs associated with it it was a it was a healing ceremony yeah and it was done when people were sick and people would would be like hey we're sick we need um help and this was the first time where it was like uh people coming and being like we're looking for god or we're we're like there's nothing no physical ailment that's wrong uh but we want to do this ceremony with you um so i think there is it was in a whole new territory you know and also there's like it wasn't in a village setting you know it's it's like okay now we're entering into this like global um um arrangement so um yeah from there in 1957 um magic mushrooms were on the cover of life magazine and were introduced into the american public um and then through the 60s and probably through the 60s there was a lot of people that got introduced to magic mushrooms and it started to change those people's relationship to mushrooms and you got more people being like whoa how do we grow these and what it what are mushrooms like oh my gosh and so now that generation is you know uh getting old and has trained people below them and kind of just slowly opened up the portal into what mushrooms are and it feels like in some ways magic mushroom philosophy are kind of this like like um come Come learn about the fungal kingdom, you know, yeah. come be interested and engaged with, with us. Yeah. And it is, it's, it's like, I think that the spiritual seeking definitely comes into play with people. I think that, um, I think that there's a lot of, um, I think there's again, like a lot of like mystery and magic that kind of come with that whole kingdom, you know, and it's, yeah, I just, there's just so much more to unfold within ourselves. Like, and like, there's just so many studies that are happening now too. Like all the studies that were happening, like before the 1960s, before all this stuff was like outlawed, um, you know, helping people with like PTSD and like severe trauma. And it's like an addiction. And it's like, yeah. we have room for trying to find ways of like, you know, I mean, those are now people are just recognizing addiction as disease, mm-hmm. you know? And it's like, well, why not? Why not use this traditional medicine to help with disease? yeah and that's and it's an original like form why not yeah yeah and i like the there when you said like we have space there's some there's like an opening that that really resonated of like yeah there's a little bit more space to wonder 
like how could this play in how could this be an ally how could this benefit us how can we in a healthy way work with this mushroom too yeah you know yeah because there's so many other mushrooms that there's all these studies there's all this interest and they're great you know and it's not like this one is any worse it's just relationship and i think we're where uh, the pendulum's swinging back a little bit to like, oh, maybe we can have a healthy relationship with this mushroom, which is really exciting to me and I think to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. It is exciting. I think there's a like there's like a cult fascination, I think, not just with like drugs, air quotes drugs, but with like the psychedelics and like exploring the alternative innerscapes. Uh-huh. that we can tap into, yes. you know? And I, yes. yeah, I, th- I think that that's, um, you know, as people who are always like, especially as like Americans, we're like, we want more and more and more. And mushrooms uh-huh. are like, you want more? <laughs> we got more real fast. Yeah. <laughs> it's yeah. like you grow in, yeah. they're growing quietly. And then all of a sudden they're just like, they're out there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Like you can't even take all of it. Yeah. You know? There's so much, it's especially so much. this year. Yeah. It's been amazing. All the mushrooms foraging. Yeah. Oh my God. Gosh, yeah. yeah, very abundant. Yeah, did you find abundant. any any fun fun things this year when you were out foraging for mushrooms? Um, I what comes right away is just black trumpets. I love black trumpets, and I really love the feeling of like seeing them. And you know, it's like you see one, and then you see ten, and then you see fifty, and then you see a hundred. It's like once you get the lens for what they look like all of a sudden you realize that the forest floor is carpeted with them. Mm. And it's just like the most kind of mind boggling, amazing sensation to, yeah. to come across a patch like that. Maybe. Yeah. Wow. Yes. <laughs> and if you're listening and you haven't ever um, seen black uh, trumpets, they're like, um, they're basically, are almost, they're kind of like, uh, they almost look a little bit like a lily before it's really opened up. It yeah. kind of has like this tubular shape to mm-hmm. it, like a trumpet. And they're black and they're kind of, they grow like a few inches off the ground and they just, what, they what, do they grow under oak? Everything grows under oak. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, I've seen them most, they're uh, moss on the side of trails mm. or a lot of times in association with um, beech saplings. Okay. Beech saplings and conifers around oaks too but beech yeah. saplings seem to be a really big beech saplings on a hill oh that's primo yeah <laughs> <laughs> that's really fun yeah so you know it's always do you do like um, mushroom walks or is that not in your domain of professional world stuff i am so excited to do more mushroom walks um i think next year we're gonna do like a whole kind of like a series like a class of you know maybe um five or six or seven months meet meet once a month and really walk through um the season together and learn about mushrooms and have the space and time to just be like cool let's explore the woods and talk about mushrooms and be together and hang out yeah yeah share a meal afterwards or you know talk about recipes and all that kind of fun stuff yeah there's i always come at it i'm like what can i eat you know (laughs) like what can i eat this because that's really what i want to (laughs) know um so if you're just tuning in we're chatting with willie crosby of fungi ally um so so i know you kind of talk about how you really shifted off of being a grower of mushrooms which is i think when i moved back to this area um i had gone and visited your it was like the barn out in hadley yeah. and you guys were like full growing and yeah. um i mean i just remember like piles of like 
wood chips and like old grow kits that were just still sprouting mushrooms. And it was just like, I was like, oh my God, they're everywhere. <laughs> um, and so, so now it, you really have transitioned your business to, um, to the spawns and to the grow mm-hmm. kits. And it looks like you have a lot of tinctures and stuff on your website too. Mm-hmm. So direct medicine. Yeah. Yeah. This week we're actually just launching a whole new line of like powdered encapsulated supplements, cool. which I'm just so excited for and um feels like great medicine to be getting out to people Mm. um but yeah there's kind of this like how do you want to relate to mushrooms do you want to grow your own do you want to you know do the inoculation process do you want to grow from a grow kit or do you want to you know just be like i I want uh, a scoop to put into my coffee in the morning you know yeah um so there's kind of all options depending on how involved you want to be. I, I mean, my dream is that people will like grow mushrooms and, you know, dry them and make their own powders and do that sort of stuff. And it's great if they just don't have time. And, yeah. You know, there's, yeah. there's always like, there's so much to do, you know. Yeah. You have to really want to like take it those extra three steps. But there's so many herbalists in our area that like do these things. So, yeah. you know, it's like, why why not? If you have the availability to grow these things in your own yard and they grow plentiful. Yeah. Yeah. They're abundant. Abundant when they fruit. Yeah. Yeah. So what really inspired you to, um, to start bringing the, like the powders and these kind of like medicinal, um, aspects of, uh, just having the kind of ready to go aspects of the healing mushrooms. Yeah. I think it was kind of, I mean, two, two parts. One is seeing the medicinal market grow and being concerned with some of the products that are on the market and the efficacy of them. Um, in what way do you mean? Um, so I would say that mycelium, there's two types of products available right now. There's, uh, mycelium based products, which are mycelium grown on grain. And then those are extracted and made into capsules. Okay. And then you have a hundred percent fruiting body, um, products. And the thing with the grain and, and I'm very familiar with this because I've, you know, grown a lot of mushrooms and it's, it's just grain spawn, essentially. It's what, what you do at the beginning of growing mushrooms um, is you can't separate the mushroom mycelium from the grain. So that would affect people that have gluten allergies. It could affect people with gluten allergies, but it, it definitely means you don't have 100% fungal tissue. Gotcha. Like you're, you're getting a, a pretty large amount of grain in that final product instead Mm of uh, mushroom, like what you want. What you're asking for. Yeah, Yeah. mushrooms. Um, So that was a big like, oh, I I want to, you know, continue my role as an educator and offer something that feels like it's what people are uh, expecting. Um, How would people even know what they're getting? If you, like, obviously, like, your products are going to be, like, 100%, like, mushrooms because that's you care about it and you like made your decisions differently but like how would the average consumer know if they're getting something that's like half grain yeah the i mean the back of this the supplement facts you know always got to check the supplement facts and it'll say mycelium on the back if it's using mycelium and they actually uh fda maybe um i think a year ago changed it so so labels can't say mushroom when they're using mycelium okay which is really interesting before that you could say you know mushroom extract and there could be 
no mushrooms in it. That's crazy. Which, yeah, it's wild, you know? But yeah. it's, it's just people aren't very familiar with life cycle and what, what it is to be growing mushrooms. Right. Um, so, so now if you, you, it won't say mushroom on the front. And if you turn to the back and look at the supplement facts, uh, you know, it'll say mycelium, mycelium, and other ingredients, it'll say brown rice or sorghum or something. And that's what we want less of. We want none of. Yeah, I, uh, based on my research and my familiarity with mushrooms, I'm definitely like, I want all mushrooms. Give me, give me the stuff that I'm looking for yeah. and what the research is using, which is, you know, mushroom fruiting bodies. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's the go-to. And it's interesting because there is a, like, there is research showing that there's different compounds in the mushroom and in the mycelium. But there's a way to grow mycelium uh, where it's pure. Like you can grow mycelium in a liquid mm. and then take the liquid away and you're left with 100% mycelium. Cool. So that sort of product is definitely really interesting and um, not really available here in the U.S. yet. They do it in Asia, but um, not here yet. Okay, so good to know, just so consumers can kind of tell the difference. But you're using 100% fruiting body, so people know that, like, if that's if they're going to your website, fungiallay.com, that that's what they're getting. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And it's cool because, the you know, now the medicinal mushroom market, it's growing so much, and people are starting to become more familiar and starting to get into a little more nuanced. And there's, like, okay, now we know what this is, and... We want to know exactly what this product is and start doing testing for beta glucans and other compounds to know that um, it's a high quality product. Cool. That's the other thing is our our products are tested for beta glucans, which is one of the primary things that research is looked at for um, medicinal mushrooms. So it's really nice if you're getting a product to be like, oh, cool, this has a standardized amount of beta glucans in it. Yes, super cool. Do you have a favorite product that you're using like every day or you're just like, I love this one? Um, I Right now I like bounce back and forth. Uh, it's kind of like feeling into mood. Um, Rishi is like, has been my biggest ally over the years. I've taken Rishi for five or six years and it's just a great like, yeah, it's just like, boom. Like, <laughs> it's like not a word, you know? It's like, ugh. Yeah. It's so solid and um, base support. And then if I'm like, want a little pick me up and want to see the world a little brighter, I'll usually do cordyceps. Okay. And that's Those two are, are um, great ones. Yeah. So it's more, it's more, you kind of use those two as like, depending on how you want to feel. If you want to feel that like super solid or if you want a little pick me up. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. And Rishi has been like, I feel like Rishi is just like in my bones at this point. You know, I've used it very uh, regularly for a long time. So yeah. I Isn't that how you're supposed to use Rishi? Like as a kind of an accumulative kind of thing? Yeah. Rather than like, if you're sick, you don't want to just start popping Rishi. Right. It's, it's not like echinacea or something where it's like, oh, I have a cold coming on. I need to do this. It's kind of like, yeah, um, going to build overall body function in a lot of different areas. Um, so yeah, best to take Rishi kind of when you're healthy and feeling good and maybe even like now going into winter being like, okay, let's like really get the body into a good spot and, you know, not, uh, susceptible. Yeah. 
And what have you noticed as you've been taking uh, reishi for so long? And maybe this is a hard question to answer because sometimes when something's just in your system, it's like kind of hard to separate the two. But what have you really noticed how reishi's impacted? I know you kind of were like, boom, like it just feels so solid. Like you really described it in a very like physical way. But um, can you kind of describe like how you have overall observed this um, throughout your system or how it's kind of helped you adapt I, yeah, it's, it's such a, it, it's like gets into subtleties, you know, it gets so, so well into subtleties and it starts to just be part of the broader program of keeping a healthy body. Um, I think the, the, the thing that just comes in is, is like, uh, capacity for, for swings, just like my, like a big output, uh, and kind of recovering from that or not becoming really susceptible to getting sick during like some like oh here's a week where i'm just going you know pushing really hard and um yeah the okay i still am coming from a solid baseline so that i'm not already stretched thin in that week and oh i'm getting sick at this point or so it kind of feels like there's this um higher baseline that i'm coming off of uh, yeah and can return to yeah there i mean it reminds me a little bit of how like in um kind of when you're thinking about like the the chinese system of medicine it's like they always talk about like you know when you have your like a strong like lower dantian you know Mm -hmm. just sort of that Mm -hmm. space below Mm -hmm. the belly button they're like that's your battery pack and when that's when that's really like charged up when all the energy is like and that people can do that a lot of ways like I do it through like qigong whether it's tai chi through reiki through just being outside a lot you know there's millions of ways to really like strengthen your lower dantian but um you know it's like when they're when your battery pack is charged up then like even if you dip a little bit low like you don't really ever get that low right right yeah Yeah. you have a good reserve yeah you're just just going yeah sort of just kind of hearing you talk about it reminded me a little bit of that so So Willie, tell me a little bit, so you do a ton of education around mushrooms and, um, what part of teaching like lights you up? Because teachers don't yeah, teach unless yeah, yeah, they love yeah. it. So I yeah. know that's sort of, for me, that's like yeah. the love within the love of Reiki. It's mm. like, you know, it's sort of the, the inner thing of the thing that I love. But um, what mm. part of teaching do you just like really do you drop your passion from? Mm. I mean, one piece of like teaching itself that's really fun and interesting to me is like, how do I best um, help people learn this? Like, under like it really helps me to understand the concepts that i'm thinking about more and be like okay great how do i add like play and interest and um get other people thinking about these concepts and um not not be like here's a wall of the here's what this concept is but like here's what i've explored in this concept and maybe you'll go further maybe we can go further um there's something and and that's probably moments that I really love in in teaching with people is when there's there's some sort of like whoa we're discovering something new now like this is so cool yeah um and and I think seeing when I see students love for mushrooms come through 
it's like wow this is awesome yeah you know that that always feels so good yeah to kind of like light their fire a little bit yeah 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 oh that's really cute i think that um i think that it's yeah i mean teaching isn't always easy because you do sometimes see where the blocks are and where the disconnect is and it's like but if you just had a little bit of this information like your life your choices all these factors could be so different um and so sometimes that education factor it's it's not just about like saying the same thing over and over again but it really is about like oh like i mean at least for me it's like oh this is this is another way that like a really easy thing that you can do to like improve just with a little mm-hmm. bit of knowledge mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. like i don't know it's like i always think back to that old 80s infomercial when we were watching tv and it was like a star shooting across and it was like the more you know <laughs> it's like the more you know and it really is it's like yeah. you know kids of the 80s like we, we grew mm. up with that like mm. you know it's just the more you know the more power the more uh, like accessibility all of it it's just yes. yeah 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 and i think one of the challenges in it is like keeping it alive you know like trying to explain this a similar concept or similar information you know over five six seven years and to somehow keep it interesting for me still yeah and keep me on that like i'm i'm learning i'm open um is one of the uh good challenges in in teaching and and i think there's times where i'm like okay i need to take some space from teaching this particular thing or I need to approach it in a totally different modality, you know, and it's with like online classes and zoom heavy learning. Now it's kind of like, okay, I, I actually can't teach about like the basics of mushrooms through zoom at the moment. Cause you, you know? can't teach people to taste or to smell or to like, yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah, the like very, let's like, go dance in the woods and see <laughs> yeah. like smell mycelium and yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Maybe, so. maybe that will be like the next le- like level of zoom. Yeah. We'll have smell a vision like the Willy Wonka. Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> That's the next frontier. Yeah. Got to get on that. Sending smells. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it could be a blessing and a curse. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, and so, um, so you have some like really great. Um, I was like, as I was kind of exploring uh, for this interview, I, you have like a pretty great like YouTube channel for going outside. And mm. um, tell us a little bit about like your how how your social media kind of fits into all the education, whether it's YouTube or Instagram or all that kind of stuff. How does that feel if in for you? Yeah, this year we've started doing a bunch of um identification videos on youtube which is really fun um just to get people more familiar with mushrooms and kind of to give me an excuse to go foraging yeah (laughs) you look like you had a great time there was like one where you found like a bunch of wine caps and they were huge you were like it's as big as my head (laughs) you know but it looks like you were like out having a really good time yeah i think that's the biggest thing is it's like Oh, I have to work and go out in the woods and find mushrooms. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. <laughs> so great benefit for me. And then you get the visual, okay, this is what this mushroom is. And there, it's just like becomes kind of a reference, which is really nice. Um, and I drop little tips of where to find them and how to prep them and all that stuff. Um, and then there's some cultivation. And, you know, I've, I've been a grower and I have a, uh, I'm like tapped into the growing community. Um, so there's some, um, information about cultivation and tours of mushroom farms. Um, that's something I've been working on a lot the last three years is, 
um, working with beginning growers and just developing more um, uh, education material for people interested in growing mushrooms. Uh, so there's some tours of like, what does it look like to have a small scale mushroom farm? And, um, it's a big deal. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Yeah. Know? And it's like, like any aspect of farming where it's, it's just not easy. It's a, it's like becomes a lifestyle becomes a lifestyle commitment. And maybe that's the way with any small business, um, depending on how it's set up, but definitely is a, is a lifestyle choice. Um, yeah. And then, you know, social media, it's just building community and staying connected and, um, being, being together, sharing fun stuff. Yeah. So trying, trying to like walking the line of, of that. And then there's this whole like other realm of it of like advertising, you know? And, and so I, it's a, uh, it's a, it's a great question to wonder about and great to feel of, of the balance in it of where does this, um, support the business and feel good. And where does this like, Oh, not how I want to use it regardless of how, what, what it does, you know? Um, so, yeah. Yeah. yeah, I know. Well, that's I feel like that's the thing about like being a business owner and doing social media. It's like if you don't love it, it's going to come through, uh-huh. <laughs> you right. know, and if right. it feels too salesy, people aren't going to respond to it. So it's yeah. like you got to find I, in all aspects of life, you got to find the place that it like feels good and then go from there. Yes. Yep. Yeah, absolutely. Um. So so um, can you tell us a little bit about like you kind of talked a little bit about the, um, the indoor cultivation. Um, can you talk a little bit about what like the spawns are that you have on your site? And like, whenever I think of spawns, I just think of like the comic book, you know, like spawn from back in the day. But, um, can you tell us a little bit about like, um, like the spawn options and like kind of what that entails and, um, like kind of what, what yeah just kind of the grow kit because you caught yeah. you talked about the medicine and yeah. the kind of tinctures and the the powdered stuff that you mm-hmm. do mm-hmm. um but tell us a little bit about the other side of um, your products yeah so that spawn is um it's mycelium grown out on anything that's going to be then used to like grow mushrooms on it's like this it's like essentially the seed instead of seed um you use for plants you use spawn which is just mycelium okay so you can get it on you know typically it's on grain or sawdust or uh plugs is like the three common materials um but it could be on whatever you want um and what's amazing about mushrooms is their their capacity to grow like essentially I can go from a mushroom um, and then four months later through a process have like 4,000 pounds of mushrooms. That's their capacity to grow. It's like if we could just cut off our pinky and then in four months we'd have 4,000 of us. That would be horrible. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. That would be really bad. We don't need to speed up any more. No more human human creation. Yeah. (laughs) Not on that level. (laughs) Yeah. But they have an incredible capacity to grow and grow really fast. And um, so that's kind of what spawn is, is it's harnessing that, uh, capacity of uh, mushrooms mycelium to spread and grow um, so you can get say a five pound bag of spawn and then inoculate like 50 or 60 pounds of straw 
Whoa. Right. And and from that you're growing maybe twenty pounds of mushrooms. Oh my gosh. So so instead of getting a grow kit where you'll get two or three pounds of mushrooms, you're kind of making your own grow kits with spawn or you're inoculating wow. logs, you know. So it's it's just one extra step where you're expanding the mycelium out, giving the mycelium a new material to eat and grow larger. Um, and then it produces the the mushrooms. So is is that for somebody who is actually interested in like farming because they're trying to really get like much larger quantity of mushrooms or like who who would want like that amount? It could be anyone. Um, it could be someone farming and it doesn't like you can you could use a bunch of spawn and just grow, you know, five or six pounds or you could stagger it and have, you know, five pounds a week, which for someone like me, that would I'm be like, a sig- still a significant amount of mushrooms. No, for me, I'm like easy. Really? I'll, oh yeah, I'll eat five pounds easily. Oh my goodness! You know? Yeah. And like, there's nothing. My probably my favorite thing to do is like, whoa, I have forty pounds of mushrooms right now. Awesome. I'm gonna go make best friends with my neighbors and just drop off little paper bags of Aww. mushrooms at my neighbors' houses. That's super and thoughtful. Like, this is the best, you know. And people are like, who's the mushroom fairy yeah. in our neighborhood? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> like there's there's not a lot of options it's probably me yeah um and are are mushrooms generally safe for like dogs to eat or if our like cats or like you know like rodents at home get into them like are there going to be any like you know things that like dogs wouldn't want to get into uh uh-huh yeah um generally pretty safe you know definitely mycelium they don't they're not going to get sick from nothing really messes with it much they might get curious but then be like oh this isn't pleasurable yeah um yeah there's a lot of people that like write in about sometimes kids like touching or seeing a mushroom and dogs or cats you know eating um and typically it's fine um they're not eating like deadly poisonous um right mushrooms so and and like all the culinary mushrooms that you know people come like grow and eat it's totally fine there's no danger in having them around and unless you have an allergy to that particular which mushroom, is totally which, different yeah 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 okay good to know yeah. um so there's a lot of kind of different ways that people can use spawn it's just as if you're thinking about like growing quantity really yeah and like if you just want to have one more little piece of involvement you know like like one really easy way to do it like you could just do this at home with kids or something is you can take a bag of spawn soda spawn and pour boiling water over a roll of toilet paper and then put a bunch of spawn on it and cover that up and then in you know two weeks the the mycelium grows through that whole toilet paper roll that's and then it's and then it's fruiting mushrooms yeah Right. So this obviously no one was doing this like beginning of pandemic. When sure. When we were saying, having oh a shortage God. or whatever. But maybe yeah. now when people are like, whoa, I have so much stocked up toilet paper. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> it could yeah. be a way of uh, working through that stock. <laughs> sure. Sure. Yeah. I mean, we'll work through that stock one way or another. Um, and so and with the grow kits, that's like, I mean, I, I think the first grow kit that I ever got, um, it was like, it looks like a rock, but it's like light as a feather and it was mm-hmm. what is it like pressed sawdust or something i don't even know mm-hmm. it was kind of a mix of stuff and then um and then yeah i just kept watering it i sprayed it and then yeah. it like grew mushrooms amazing huh? it's amazing <laughs> yeah it was really amazing yeah. Yeah. yeah yeah so it's it's interesting the the 
pressed part it's just the mycelium has grown through it you know so you put you can put anything in any shape and then or not anything but you could put sawdust or straw in any shape and put a bunch of mycelium in it and the mycelium will just grow to that shape and then if you dry it it'll stay in that shape That's so, so cool. people have been making like paddle boards what? and like all sorts of really yeah because mycelium floats oh, so you can literally make a paddle board out of mycelium wow you know? and people there's uh this guy down in new york that did a whole installation of um like mushroom architecture you know so you can make blocks and build stuff and um i haven't heard of anyone like making a full house yet but i'm really excited to um when that does happen or when i become aware of where it's happening yeah um, hear about someone who's just like built a house out of like mushroom mycelium put it out into the universe and somebody will happen so somebody will do it you know? yeah someone's I'm, I'm sure someone's doing it right <laughs> yeah. now. um and so so willie do you have any last words of wisdom that you'd like to throw out into the universe if people are just tuning in and are super curious about fungi ally or about mushrooms just any words of wisdom you want to throw out there yeah i think just that like mushrooms are really interesting and they're they're generally not dangerous like you can touch any mushroom you could lick any mushroom and you won't get sick um unless you're allergic um and so just like engage engage with them be curious about them and uh wonder and explore you know and and see what that how that impacts other parts of your life Mm. um yeah I, i think that's that's the wisdom that's the curiosity and definitely some you know it's really nice to get out in the woods and mushrooms are a great um like portal into that like sometimes it's nice to be like this is what i'm doing or i'm i'm like going to do this thing and mushrooms can be really helpful to be like okay i'm gonna go look for this mushroom right now and and then there's all sorts of other things that start to come into your awareness and yeah um, but it's a good original portal very cool. Very cool. And if people are curious about how to find you, um, what's the best way that they can? Yeah, website's that? best, uh, fungially.com. Um, it's F-U-N-G-I-A-L-L-Y. F-U-N-G-I-A-L-L-Y.com. Yeah, and then Instagram and Facebook and all those normal things uh, all under Fungi Ally as well. Sounds good. Yeah. Well, thank you, Willie, for coming on the show today and and sharing about your passion and what you do and and all that good stuff. Yeah, so fun. Thanks for exploring and bringing some new ideas into my my brain. Sure. Um, And so if you're just tuning in and you missed this episode, you can always go back um, to find the Energy Matters podcast if you're a podcast listener. Anywhere that you download your favorite podcasts, um, you can find this one. Um, uh, And shows are posted a week later. Or you can head on over to ReikiNorthampton.com and I post all the episodes um, there as well. Uh, So have a great weekend, everyone, and be well.